Welcome to the Draw 7 TV podcast, episode number two, and uh, so glad to have you along the ride. And uh, Andrew, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well, Matt. Good as ever. Lots of good things to talk about, so very excited for this episode. Yeah, very excited. And so we haven't done this in a while. We kind of, uh, we, we wanted to start this thing, and then we backpedaled a little bit. Life got busy for me, I know, and, and you're doing more things, and we just decided to, to step back for a little while. So, yeah, it's there's a lot of Pokemon stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, what is happening today? We had not only the ban list released for Expanded, finally, and then lots of interesting, like, uh, product news, too, that we'll get into. It's It's been a very intense day for Pokemon. Probably more intense than the eight months it's taken for us to make this episode. <laughs> There's more news today than the last, like, yeah, yeah, 12 months. Uh, and at the time we're recording, we are recording this on Thursday, and that's when a lot of this information came out. So uh, I know this episode will be coming out a little bit later than that. But uh, so, you know, it's a little time sensitive. But uh, yeah, lots of things. So we got the band... Uh, cards for the expanded format and obviously we'll talk about this later on in the show but uh as a quick run through are, were you very surprised by the things that got banned or not uh yes and no uh, a few of the cards on the list i i was wondering if they would ban it's some of them it's it's very weird because sometimes you don't know what pokemon's gonna do as they've looked at the expanded format and sometimes they're like mm, this works fine but and now it's finally they they're they're kind of like everything's coming together and they've probably been having to like study the format for a while to figure this out but um yeah i'd say i'm, I'm actually pretty surprised with all the bands but i'm very happy i know a lot of players are happy with the changes well we're used to seeing ban lists come out and there not be anything on the list right i mean other than the cards that's already on there and so it's it's always weird turning something like this on and figuring out, okay, what's on the ban list, and then seeing all these cards, especially a card like Hex Maniac or Puzzle of Time, something, I mean, especially in Standard right now, Puzzle of Time is such a staple in a lot of decks, you know, and, and Hex Maniac seemingly been around forever, at least for me, because I've only been playing, you know, for three or four years now, but it just feels like it's been here forever. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's cool to see that Pokemon's taking some steps to do some things, so I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see uh, what happens with it, so... Um, we'll talk more about that later on in the show. Something else that happened today uh, on Thursday, the Tapu Lele GX Island Guardians GX Premium Collection. Can you believe this? <laughs> I, I immediately saw that link and thought it was a, uh, a troll link. And then mm -hmm. after looking at it, I was very surprised to see that it's finally getting a box. That seems more like something Japan would get rather than the, than the internationals. But it's real it's legit it's gonna be out this fall i think i think they're trying to see that uh for one they need to if, if, if lele is going to be the dominant backbone to most decks that needs to be accessible i was worried we were going to have sort of a shaman situation as what happened when uh roaring skies went out of print that card spiked in price but it seems that they are they're they're thinking ahead they're learning from past mistakes and uh, I'm really excited. We'll talk more about that later, but this is going to be great for the oh, uh, yeah. community. Yeah, for sure. We'll go in more detail later on in the show, as you said. But, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's pretty cool, and it's going to open up the game for a lot of people that currently can't, um, I, I guess, maximize their decks. Because, let's be real, Tapulele is pretty much a staple in uh, in every deck right now. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll talk about that later on in the show as well, and we'll also talk about what we've been up to, what we're planning for next season as well, at least in terms of uh, as individuals and, and, and what we're planning on doing for, uh, you know, just Pokemon in general, our thoughts on that and uh, formats coming up, the rotation. I'm very excited about that. I don't know about you, but uh, it's going to be pretty cool, I think. I'm, I'm very excited for rotation. That That's going to be so refreshing for Standard. Oh, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. And it, it's funny, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and he was saying, you know, it, it, I just get to this point where I'm just burned out. And I said, well, I think that's the state of standard right now. You're just, you're just getting burned out. I, could, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you, that you will change. You only can so many times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, let's not even get started on that. But thank you for joining us for the Draw 7 TV podcast. So happy to be back for that. And uh, we'll roll on with the show just after this. 
Thanks for listening to the Draw7 TV podcast. Make sure to check out our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash draw7tvlive. That's twitch.tv slash draw7tvlive. Welcome back to the Draw7 TV podcast and episode number two. Even though really, Andrew, it feels like episode one because it's been so long. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's, the, it's the second coming. It really is. That's right. You know, I, I really wanted to continue the podcast, but this thing's got kind of crazy for us. And you started playing more competitively along with uh, a few of the other guys as well. And we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. But, uh, yeah, just life happens. So it's it's good to have you back. Well, uh, briefly, I'll recap everything that's happened in between then. Um, Zork is very good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So, hey, we're back. Hey, well, hold on. Hold on, Essie. You forgot Buzzwool. Buzzwool's in there, too. Oh. Yeah, Buzzwool's pretty good. Actually, when you think <laughs> about that, was, uh, was Buzzwool out the last time we did an episode? Uh, let's see. It was, uh, yeah, actually, it would have been around the start of the new year. Buzzwool was starting to take off after Memphis. So, okay. yeah, Buzzwool's was on its rise to power. I guess we just didn't expect it to do everything that it's done, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, it's insane. Uh, hoping that it, you know, chills just a little bit coming into the new format, but yeah. And once we talk about that on the show later, I really, I think it's going to, but we can talk more in depth about that later. But sure. uh, right now, the expanded format, yeah, it's time for the expanded format to shine a little bit. The band card list uh, came out today. The time of recording, is, and we're recording this on Thursday, the nineteenth of July. But uh, no standard format changes, and, and I guess really, in my mind, there really wasn't anything that I was expecting to be on there. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, it would be very rare to see something banned in the standard format in its current state. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't really. I was trying to rack my brain a little bit and try to think of something, but I just really couldn't. So um, <laughs> it would have been great that we get on there. Uh, Buzzwell and Zorark are... are uh, <laughs> <laughs> Take it well, off standard. They, they, they ban Lele. That's what they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then put the box out. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant marketing. Um, exactly. But yeah, no no standard format changes. Here are the cards for Expanded. So I'll just lay them out and then we'll talk about them. Uh, the first one is Getsus from Black and White Plasma Freeze. Of course, a card that drove me absolutely insane, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Hex Maniac from Ancient Origins. Uh, Puzzle of Time from Breakpoint. That's a card, looking, I guess looking at it, it makes sense, but when I first saw it, I was surprised. And Wally from Roaring Skies also on the list there as well. So I guess let's start with Getsis. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts on, on that card going away? Well, especially after reading, like, Pokemon's uh, reasons for banning it, I... Uh... I was okay with the card. Sure. Uh, gets this, of course, you play your opponent's reveal their hand and uh, shuffle back in any item cards, and then you draw for each item card shuffled in. Uh, the reasons given, and it's ones I agree with, it does stifle a lot of creativity when it comes to deck building because decks like, let's say, for instance, Starcry or um, Archie's Blastoise relies on a lot of item cards to start its strategy going. Like, Archies, you need to be able to hit Computer Search, Battle Compressors, VS Seeker. And you can have a really good starting hand, but turn one gets this can just ruin your strategy. So in a format so vast as expanded, I think it needs it needs to have those kind of decks around to sort of keep some variety in the format. And gets this being such an easy turn one oppressive force really kind of just prevents those decks from prospering. So I, I, I think this will be a good change. Yeah, I agree. And some of the things that they said in the comments were things like um, players can enjoy using a wide variety of strategies and things like that. Uh, they even said in the paragraph, Getsis and Hex Maniac were identified as cards that stifle creativity. And I, you know, I, I completely agree with that. You know, I feel like um, a lot of times in Expanded, you would expect it to get Getsus that first turn or Hex Maniac that first turn, and it would really uh, stifle a lot of things, right? Especially Getsus, right? Because you got all these these cards in your hand, and then just they're just gone, you know. And it's I don't I don't know. It, it really takes away some of the fun aspect of the game, and I'm almost thinking Pokemon seeing a little bit of that and wanting that fun environment back. Uh, one thing too, and I think this is kind of the general theme you'll see for this ban list. I think what Pokemon is um, really centering on is things that are effective turn one are, are sure. generally the 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 red flags so and this will you'll start seeing the overtones of this as we keep uh progressing to the ban list but uh and i'm really happy to see that they're they're and that's kind of the thing that they make expanded more luck based as uh, as far as not like 
format itself like base, but like the coin flip format is very unfun. So whoever wins the coin flip had access to turn one gets this turn one hex, turn one Wally, and that having removed those, I think makes it a little bit more even on both sides. Yeah, you made a really good point there. Yeah, because it almost it, it if you go second if you lose the coin toss it really does damage you i mean obviously not damage counters but you know what i'm saying it damages you uh, or your deck i mean it really can it can ruin a game for you that turn one and not to give uh, your opponent or whatever a chance at um you know having an opportunity at doing something really does hurt the game so i'm, I'm glad to see this card go away yeah i think that's kind of the, the big thing too especially as we progress more and the turn one Lele or turn one Shaman or which what used to be was it's like the the, the standard play and uh, the Hex Maniac. I know we haven't got the Hex yet, but gets us too to get the Ultra Ball or, or anything like that's those are vital cards. And just to get gets us out of the game is probably the most the least fun part of expanded right now. So. Well, there was way too many times I was watching a game and you would get gets us on turn one and then you were just dead drawing for three or four turns and you know it did. You know, okay. What's the fun in that? Like, not even for the spectator. There's really no fun in that. So, I'll tell um, you what the real fun is if you're the Mega Ray player. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not get you started on that. Game. Come on. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, so anyway, Getsus goes away. Glad to see that Hex Maniac, the next card on the list. And this, I was actually pretty surprised to see Hex Maniac go because. You know, playing Hex Maniac in Standard was in Standard, and then moving into Expanded, I never really felt like the card was uh, quote-unquote broken. Uh, I always felt like it had a decent place in the game, but we are seeing a resurgence of abilities in the game, it seems like. A lot of cards, especially with Zorark and uh, cards like Gardevoir and things like that, we're seeing more of an impressive ability-type Pokemon right now, and maybe that's why it dis is disappearing. Uh, yeah, and I think for a while, too, like, before the ban list was announced, like, I've talked to a lot of players who, on what their thoughts are for expanded ban list, because, I mean, come on, we thought something had to get banned. If, if we would to come out of this sure. uh, format with nothing getting banned, they're doing something wrong. But, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I heard this card come out a lot, and I, at first, I was the same way. I'm like, I, I didn't quite see it, because on the surface, Hex is, like, it seems very balanced, because everyone can play Hex, but... I think it's the way the decks manipulate it. Like, for instance, Zorark GX was the worst culprit of just continually hex chaining yeah. uh, other decks because it has its own draw power. And then, so it could just propagate trade up to four times and then hex, and then it pays no, no none of the burden for it, which was extremely oppressive to decks uh, that relied heavily on abilities. However, I, I do I do welcome this change too. For the same reasons Getsis was banned, it just it's it stifles the creativity of a lot of like uh especially like eel decks. Uh those really struggled against hex. Any decks like Archies really struggled against hex. So I think this will open up the uh quote unquote floodgates for uh a different archetypes to sort of creep into now expanded, which is the format desperately needed. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and again, I think the word fun here is really at the center of this. Cards like Hexmaniac and being able to um, use them over and over and over and over again uh, can really take the fun out of the game. I am pretty upset though, Andrew, because I just bought the full art Hexmaniac for my expanded deck. And, oh, um, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what I get for trying to bling things out a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm, I... <laughs> uh, that's a good collector's card, right? Yeah, that's true. It's a gorgeous card, but hey, uh, at least you didn't buy a place set of puzzles. <laughs> well, I bought two about two months ago, so you know that's that's that. <laughs> um, I, I make my own mistakes. It's fine. Uh, speaking of puzzles, puzzle of time going away from Breakpoint. This, in my opinion, was the most surprising on the list. Um, I now that I think more about it, I understand why it's on the list. But yeah, what do you think of Puzzle of Time being on there? Oh, absolutely. That was the card I wasn't expecting to see. Like, I, Getsus and Hex have been talked about. Getsus for a while, Hex more recently, but Puzzle of Time was, I mean, it was a card that, like, I, I mean, we're kind of at the point where if anything got banned, I'd be happy. But, like, <laughs> the fact that there are three puzzles in there, it really shows they're paying attention to the format. I think Puzzles of Time actually, the card itself isn't, like, it's having to have two of them in hand is a very fair mechanic, but 
I feel like the reason for it is actually very well put, where it's uh, trying to change the way decks are built and try to add a, a more of a fresh take on the deck building. Because so many decks would, you know, they play Shaman, they play 4-4, four, four, they play 4-4 four, four Zoark, and they would just, well, throw the puzzles in there, and I can just get whatever cards they need back. But now they don't have that option. It's going to change even the way Zoark decks are built, the way Night March decks are built, the way Sableye Garb decks are built. Those decks aren't necessarily unplayable now. In fact, I think Sableye Garb is still very playable. Uh, however, it is going to have to require more creativity to sort of, you know, engineer those decks into working without them. And I think that is what the format needs. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah, and um, I, I personally love Puzzle of Time. I think it's cool, especially with Zorark, right? I mean, it, it, see, it makes so much sense to run it with Zorark. But yeah, it, it, it's, it, it, it always seems to work now. Right with Zorark, like I never have a problem really getting two puzzle of times in my hand. And before Zorark, and I'm talking standard, really, um, I, it was hard to get two puzzle of times in your hand. So that moving into expanded, yeah, that would be uh, definitely a, a trouble. So I don't know. Yeah, I was I was uh, surprised to see it, uh, you know, on there. But now looking at it, I get it. Uh, Wally from Roaring Skies, what the heck is this doing on here? Uh, I, that one actually. I think Hex was the most surprising for me. Wally was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, because of Trevenant, right? <laughs> and they actually, I love how they're very transparent about it. Because, yes. Uh, I definitely, they, they very boldly mentioned that this is the, enables the combo with Trevenant. And I think that's, I think what I like about this is I, I would be, I would actually be upset if they banned Trevenant because that's a, that's a legitimate archetype. But Wally is causes the least amount of collateral damage sure so trevenant is really the only viable deck that uses wally so the it doesn't kill trevenant trevenant can still be a deck it just doesn't have that turn one item lock presence but instead of banning something like d valley which affects a whole cluster of decks or x card i think this definitely only really affects one specific deck without making the whole deck unplayable which i think is very well put for players of the deck too because there are a lot of trevenant players who like the deck and it's just not fair to ban one card that completely destroys the deck rather than just banning the combo in itself so i actually think it's very smarter than to ban wally yeah that's very well put and and they put in the paragraph that they they posted it said um Wally enables a combo with Trevenant that creates similar problems, so it falls into this category as well when it's talking about um, having a more fun environment. It says, without these cards in the environment, hopefully gameplay will become more enjoyable. And I, I yeah, they're super transparent there. Yeah, and I think the big thing, as we mentioned earlier, the first thing we said was like, a lot of these things that get banned, minus Puzzle, of course, is like things that can happen the first turn of the game before anyone really has an opportunity to establish their strategy. So... I think everything that's being banned is going to enable a more, like, uh, I mean, more skill-based because, like, your opponent gets a turn to play. You turn to play those items before you, Ascension or Getsus or Hex. Like, they have a chance to, you know, do their strategy and gives them, like, a, a, a stake in the game, too. And we saw this last year, too, especially with Archeops ban, that the, the turn one lock effects are, are very detrimental to a lot of strategies. Like strategies and it, it it makes sense now that we sort of see the same theme again where these cards are now getting banned because those are the things that are kind of holding expanded back from being a very appreciated format because it, it's seen a lot of regression lately and i think part of that's because the meta has been very narrow and you can't quite get any other decks in there because of these cards so this will enable a lot of different decks to prosper and i'm very excited about that yeah, it'll change up the game a little bit, change up the meta a little bit as well. And I, I've been a big, uh, I've sp spoken very loudly at how much I hate item lock. And um, they got rid of Forest, which was nice, so it took away that play. And then now they're taking away this Wally to make the Trevenant play not so strong and giving me a chance to do something. And to me, as somebody who's so against item lock, it's such a great thing and gets me excited about playing Expanded again. I'm not as nervous to play in it. And because uh, even with cards like Noivern GX or something like that, without the double dragon energy, I mean, yeah, the card's inherently really good, right? But without uh, double dragon energy or something like Wally or something, you know what I'm saying? Something that that causes it to be broken in standard, it's really not even a problem. Nobody's playing it right now, which I still think the card should be explored more, right? But 
Um, yeah, it, it, I'm just so glad to see this go away. I, <laughs> I'm very, very excited. And Expanded's going to be fun again for me, Andrew. I have to be honest, I, especially like browsing Twitter and like that's any of my friends, I have never heard I need to test Expanded more in like today than I've heard all season. Yeah, oh, you're right. No, for sure. I completely agree. So it's, it's such a good test to, to the current state. No, I think I think they're also noticing attendance wise too. The expanded tournaments tend to be the least uh, populated, minus Dallas. Um, however, I, I think this will actually make the and they're adding more expanded tournaments, so they're going to need the attendance there. I think this will definitely get people interested in expanded, and and I think we need a format too where you can because it's, it's expanded being so narrow at the current state, like you can't. If if standard starts getting very stale, we don't have a format to be creative in. I think right. it can sort of be a catalyst for that now, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I miss Mega Mewtwo. I always, I still miss Mega Gardevoir and things like that. And you know, you know, they can still prosper in the expanded format with all the uh, card options and things like that. So yeah, I'm really hoping that uh, these bands will open up the uh, floodgates, so to say. But uh, yeah, there we go, guys. And that expanded format ban starts on August 17th. So just over a month from now. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out the list for yourself and some of the comments that Pokemon made, you can actually check out the article over on pokebeach.com. So any more thoughts on that, Andrew? Uh, no, I think we covered everything pretty well. I just, I'm really excited to see what next season is going to bring. I think so too, especially in this instance, Expanded. I, I'm very excited for Expanded. All right, so we'll continue the podcast moving forward. we still got a lot to talk about. The Tapu Lele GX promo box. Yeah, you heard me right. The Tapu Lele GX promo box. And yeah, this is that Tapu Lele, the one that's in every deck that's like 40, 50 bucks right now. Yeah, it's that Tapu Lele. We'll talk about that box coming up after this. Hey guys, it's Matt. Yeah, I know, I just got done talking, but this is the in-between segment. So, anyhow, check out our YouTube page over at youtube.com slash jaw7tv. We'll be updating the website more frequently moving forward with tabletop games and hopefully some live video as well. That's over at youtube.com slash jaw7tv. Hope to see you there. The Draw 7 TV podcast is back, episode number two. Matt Horst, Andrew Martin alongside. And uh, Andrew, Tapu Lele GX. Holy smokes. It's such a good card, but guess what? It's it's now officially going to be a promo. Man, you never thought you'd see the day this would come in a box. I think that was something we'd all joked about, too. We're like, oh, yeah, I'll just put it in a box. And it'll be fine. But no, now it's an actual, it's an actual thing. And, you know, just... Just for reference, Tapu Fini also is in the box, too, if you're looking to pick up some of those. But... Tapu who? Uh... <laughs> Tapu doesn't get me a supporter, so I don't care. <laughs> I actually really like Tapu Fini, but that, that that's for another I time. I do, too. But man, the Tapu Lele promo is going to be nuts, especially, like, I've met so many people, especially, like, at League, who have introduced to the game. And, you know, there's a, there's a whole other level to competitive play, but the barrier to entry is just getting those... Uh, like those staples like Lele. And that's usually where people stop because it is very intimidating to look at the price market and it's, people, it's really hard to order cards and you aren't, when you aren't quite invested in the game yet. But this is just like, hey, if you go to Walmart, you find this box and buy it, perfect. I think that's like the best thing you can tell somebody to get them in. No, I completely agree. And you know, it's it's not like games like Magic or um, I guess yeah, just really Magic. But because Magic, you you inherently know, okay, you're going to go in Magic with Standard or Modern or whatever you're playing. You're going to spend a lot of money to get a really good deck, right? But with Pokemon, it's not really like that. I mean, uh, unless it's just like a card like Buzzwole, which right now I think it's plummeting a little bit now, but it's it's still around twenty dollars, right? Um, mm -hmm. that, other than a card like that, if you're playing just like a Zorark deck, I mean, right now you can get Zoroarks for like eight bucks, you know, um, that, Tapu Lele is the, is that card that's like, wait a minute, I got to shell out a hundred dollars for just two cards in a 60 card deck. And I think the thing they did too, and I'm on the Zorark note real quick, is that like, they, that was one thing I was really excited that they did. They put the Zorark GX in a box, the full art. And we sort of, that made life a little bit easier too, because it kept the Zorak price from really inflating too high. Right. Uh, we saw less buyouts because of that, because the card that is buying a box, you don't have to pull it. I think that's what they're also doing here. Um, and I think that's going to help keep the price low enough that like new players can constantly come in. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I know for me, um, I have full arts, three full arts or whatever, and I love, I love my full arts, but uh, that's just because I was like, well, I'm going to spend $40 anyway on these things. I might as well spend an extra 15 and get the full art ones. But now, if I was a new player jumping into the game and I saw this, I can just buy two boxes. Plus, you get the packs, right? I mean, you're right. talking $3.99 each, so four, eight, twelve, fifteen. 12 15 You know, that's about 20 bucks there, if not a little bit more, uh, just for packs. So this is a heck of a deal. It really is. And I guess that's the thing about it, too. Like, if you're just needing one Lele, this would completely satisfy your needs right off the bat like sure i don't know how decks are going to look post rotation um but there will probably be decks like there are now that just play one lele and that's all they need it's all they want and for those decks you can really just buy this and go crazy you're set yeah you get packs with it you get you get the card and uh no i'm very excited i'm very excited and again i think the big deal about this is it's going to allow new players uh, people with not a lot of money to get involved in the game and maybe play at a higher tier level once they build their decks out because this card is so important. You know, it's funny, Andrew, I was trying to build without Tapu Lele and it's almost nearly impossible now, especially after rotation, right? Because you're, you don't have these Sycamores and things like that which uh, help draw more cards in. I mean, we do, uh, but not Sycamore specifically. And it's, I don't know, without Tapu Lele there, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and I think the other problem we see too is that like, you could technically build decks without Tapu Lele, but they're never going to be functional because they're going against decks that have this huge advantage of having this one card. Yeah, because consistency is key. Exactly, and just being able to, you have to evolve, so you have to find these cards you need. And we're losing Bridget, so like it's going to be very important to find your first turn supporter. Yeah, for sure. Um, which hopefully will be Lily now, I guess, right, with Bridget gone. I don't know. Only time will tell. That's a discussion for another day, I suppose. But uh, this <laughs> box, though, inherently looks cool. I'm very excited about it. Um, I, I see that um, the brand new promos, of course, with the A, with the alternate cards. And I'm trying I'm reading the article here on Pokebeach.com. And um, it says both Tapu Lele and Tapu Fini will likely be featured in Japan's Ultra Shiny set in November. Um, so we'll see when that uh, heads our way. But, One uh, thing also, if you look at the box too, you'll see a Lugia pack and a uh, oh I can't remember the uh, the Ultra Beast name. It's the Blazefalon, Blackfalon. Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that also is like some interesting uh, t uh, additions to it. Maybe there's gonna be a Lugia GX in the work. Yeah, that's very possible. So I mean, just just a little bit of it. I know Tapu Lele is the start of the show, but I thought that was kind of interesting too. And yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, when you think about it, what what are they planning here for the for the future and things like that? Yeah. And it's always exciting. It really is. And if you look behind Lugia, you'll see this Blastoise with the text Evolution. Oh, you I, know what? I, okay, let me rant for a second. What? Okay. <laughs> Evolutions is cool, right? Like, that's actually the first pre-release that I ever did in Pokemon was the Evolution set. But there's really nothing playable in this set. I don't understand why they keep throwing these packs in these boxes. It's a waste of $4. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> yeah, especially, especially after rotation when we lose Starmie. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need Dragonite. That's a good point. Yeah, it's going to disappear. Why? Anyway, uh I don't know. It's very funny. <laughs> <sighs> don't get me started. Don't get me started. But uh, that's always something we always talk it's, about at least. Can't have but, the box. You uh, too much money. <laughs> yeah. It's like super old packs, like all Roaring Skies or something. Oh. Um, that's that's <laughs> how they dictate the price. Well, you know, interesting, like, bringing up Roaring Skies, too. This is, uh, and I know we mentioned this earlier, but the thing that, like, I mean, I when I got into the game, I got into the game actually at the start of Sun and Moon Base. So Shaman's price was a little bit more leveled out after the reprint of Roaring Skies. It was around 40 bucks. But I remember hearing about the prices spiking up to around $70. Oh, you my gosh. Yeah. Is that right? Oh, yeah. No, it was it was ridiculous because I remember getting into the game and um, realizing, well, just because what everybody was telling me in League was, hey, um, yeah, you're going to need like two or three Shamans in each deck. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, all right. That's, yeah, cool. That's a cool card. Blah, 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 blah. And then I got on to buy them. They're like 70 bucks a piece. And that's the normal art. <laughs> Yeah, and it's that, it's that kind of thing too, where it's like, it's this, the set is going out of print, which Guardians Rising will be like eventually, especially thinking about a year from now. Uh, and this card is still going to be probably like a three of in a lot of decks. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like it would be the same situation too, where you probably see a lot of buyouts and people again not being able to get into the game because simply just they don't 
they get priced out of it. And I think that that, that, should, that shouldn't be the case for anybody. So very excited to see that. I think this is probably what they should have done anyway with Shaman is just reprint it instead of having to rerun the whole set. Just, right. you know, reprint as a promo, make it accessible to everybody. So this is a very, very, very good, good idea for on their part. You know, it's 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 funny. I um, I have two shamans now for my expanded deck, and I, I looked them up on TCG Player the other day. Seven dollars. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think. I was at Target one day um, after I first started playing, and I pulled a shaman, and I almost peed my pants. I was like, so excited. I was like, yeah. this is like seventy dollars right here. <laughs> and the whole thing too, it's all about supply and demand. So. Yeah. As yeah. long as Le- and the thing about Lele that gives it a little bit better of a chance is that like it's it's just it's just very useful in both formats. So I think right. Lele hopefully <laughs> could you imagine seven dollar Lele? So that would be insane. Oh my gosh, but, that would be ridiculous. But I mean, I yeah, I think uh, Lele though inherently compared to Shaman, I think it'll keep its price even after it rotates in standard. Um, you oh, know. absolutely. I don't see that. Day. I don't see that card not having a place in the format. I mean, it's it's naturally more stronger than Jirachi was. You know. Absolutely, especially like having the uh, 170 hit points and the usable attack on most on for most attackers that use DCE. So, yeah, a very good card. Uh, I will say though, I, I I definitely can anticipate prices are already dropping on Lele's. Um, however, I would not sell your Lele's right away because I do think the price will stabilize. Sure. If you're looking to do that, because everyone's on the Lele's right now, so it's kind of like a Lele market crash at the moment. Yeah, before the before uh, the promo comes out, I would wait probably about a month or two to sell your Lele's before because the price will probably plummet for a while and then stabilize. So everyone's kind of selling their Lele's now. It's like the housing market's crashing. Yeah, I, saying, I think that'll be more like uh, collector, not collectors, but people that aren't necessarily um, playing the game a lot and things like that. I think it'll be those folks that do that because naturally players we need the cards right so we're going to keep them but right i was looking all over Burbank uh, uh marketplace and there's a ton of lele posts and i'm like oh my gosh that's, <laughs> that's exactly how the price lowers everyone starts selling yeah i remember when i first uh, started playing the game in the, or for the new standard format and lele's were a thing i i had a couple of them but they were worth so much money and i was like well i really need the cash and i'm not playing super competitively right now and things like that so i sold them and then now i got three full arts which i love them but it's yeah it's crazy now looking back and thinking wow if they would announce this box you know six or seven months ago that would have been a completely different story uh also yeah and the other thing too much had some light on too the uh online side of it too is going to be crazy with this card being super easy to get online i can't I, the prices are going to totally fluctuate now it seems like it's alternate art too um a little bit i kind of like the alternate art better <laughs> i do well that's going to be the thing right like people want the alternate arts now so <laughs> there's it's always like that. it's like this close enough to the original art but it's just winking at you like, exactly hey, you know, i got a supporter for you right here that's right. That's hilarious. So anyway, Tapulele GX and Island Guardians GX Premium Collection due this fall. You can check out the uh, article over on Pokebeach.com. And I, I've been hyping up Pokebeach a lot, but, uh, you know, they're always on top of things. Always enjoy reading their website. So make sure and uh, check those guys out as well. All right. Draw 7 TV podcast is here, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 2, Andrew alongside, and it feels so good to be back. So let's jump into our next segment coming up after this break. Draw 7 TV podcast episode number two is here. Andrew and Matt alongside with you. And uh, first off, thank you for listening to the show. We're back at it and we're hoping to make this a weekly podcast. And uh, I'm in the works right now trying to figure out, okay, how we're going to get on iTunes and the Google Play Store and all this stuff. It's not easy, folks. It's a process, that's for sure. So we're going to work on that and we're definitely going to pop it up on the Draw 7 TV YouTube page. And that's probably where you're hearing it right now. Um, but we'll be uh, posting it on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff as well. So make sure and check it out. But again, thank you for uh, hanging out with us during the podcast. All right, Andrew. So Alolan Ninetales GX, the Mimikyu GX, and Gardevoir from Fairy Rise. It's uh, <laughs> it's coming in Japan on August 3rd. And, uh, yeah, the set's called Fairy Rise. And you know my favorite type is Fairy 
So I'm very excited about all this. Well, you have to assume after all that dragon support they just printed that there'd be a good fairy set coming your way too. So yeah, no, this will be very interesting. You know, it's funny how that is when you think about that. Like, uh, like with Buzzle, right? You had Malamar now, which can just overload things, you know, which is a counter really to Buzzle in a lot of ways. Then dragons are super good right now. And then, yeah, now you're like, oh, obviously fairies next, right? Uh <laughs> What's funny about it too, with the way our standard works, it's like Dragon's gonna get all this buff in Japan, but really not affect standard. But then yeah. Barry's just gonna get a ton of buff, so Dragon really just gets screwed in standard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Um, but these cards, um, Alola Ninetales GX. Let's just go and read it real quick, and uh, then we can talk about it. So um, it's a fairy type. HP is two hundred. It's a stage one. Evolves from Alolan Volpix. And the ability called Mysterious Guidance, when you play this card from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon during your turn, you may search your deck for up to two item cards, reveal them, and put them in your hand, and then shuffle your deck. Holy crap, what an ability. Yeah, uh, not the ability I was expecting on Alola Ninetales, but, you know, Alola Ninetales always kind of been such like a support Pokemon, so like... I think that's going to be very like useful, especially with the, with the, Vol with the Beacon Vulpix. Mm -hmm. I'm really just like interested in like this in like a Gardevoir deck where you can grab like Rare Candy Ultra Ball for a Gardevoir GX. I think that would be very good. I just picked up my full art uh, Gardevoirs again because I'm getting ready, Andrew. I'm just, I'm hey, just, hey. I'm sitting in the wings, man. I'm just ready to pounce. <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait, man. <laughs> All right. So the first attack is Fairy and a Colorless it's called Snowy Wind. 70 damage. This attack does 30 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon. So. Um, similar to the current Alolan Ninetales first attack, of course, uh, the Alolan Ninetales right now does 50 and to any Pokemon, so that's an interesting one, but 70-30, okay, I'm into that. Yeah, I really like that they kept a little bit of spread damage on the Alolan Ninetales, I think that's a very, that's starting to become its archetype, whenever they are printing cards, it's okay, it does a little bit of spread damage on it, and that's, I, and I think it's really great, I think 70-30 also is really nice, you can choice ban up that to 100, QE 120, so I think that's pretty that's pretty good numbers. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. And then you got the GX attack, also for Fairy and Colorless, Sublimation GX. If your opponent's active Pokemon is an Ultra Beast, well, it's just knocked out. That's the GX attack there. Man, that's gonna be... <laughs> what a rude GX attack. That, yeah. Any Buzzwell that's set up is just gonna immediately knocked out. Or, man, it, actually against Steel types, too. Uh, not like with the uh, Celesteela and Sakataka. I think that actually balances that out just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it, that's that's crazy. And I also like that the attack for both attacks is the same energy cost as well. Oh, you know what? Look at it. Yeah, it is. I, I actually really enjoy that. I do too. Yeah. And um, the card that's in the magazine, man, it just looks gorgeous. I just like fairy types and seeing Alola Ninetales on there just looks super cool. Very excited. Yeah, Absolutely. Mimikyu GX is the next one. Fairy Pokemon. Uh, HP is 170. Uh, the first attack, Fairy Energy, called Perplex. Your opponent's active Pokemon is now confused. What do you think of that attack? Um, you know what? Confusion actually is very useful. Um, that's, for, like, just a fairy, it, the problem is, like, we. I mean, for a basic, you have to assume it. It's going to have some sort of neutered attacks, like... Confusion on Espeon is really good because one, it does relevant damage to Buzzwall and other fine types, but it also confuses, so it's a good stall tactic. Shiftry GX also has a similar effect to it, but like this is one of those where it's just confusion, so I don't know how often it's going to be an option. But I mean, confusion is still a very useful attack if it's like, I mean, maybe that's the out you have to work with. Like, okay, if I confuse, he has to either retreat out of it or Guzma instead of just like, I don't know, X attack that doesn't do anything would do. So, I mean, not a horrible attack. I think it'll be, I think it'll, it might, it might see some play then just to like first turn, just confuse and just stall for a turn. The second attack, fairy colorless cascading barrage, 10 plus damage. This attack is 30 more for each damage counter on your opponent's active Pokemon. You know, I've always really liked attacks like this, but they never seem to really work the way you want them to. Uh, but it's interesting nonetheless. You know, I I actually really like this attack on Mimikyu. It, it kind of it reminds me of like the Alakazam, uh, Mega Alakazam. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. It's got printed on a a basic rather than a uh, 
Like a vault Pokemon. However, uh, I think like in a spread deck, this would be very useful, especially like considering we have the psychic lay, uh, the the fairy lele that can move damage counters around, uh, and we're getting the uh, trying to punishments, but putting damage counters on the forward. Like you can definitely make this work in certain decks. I think that's gonna be very very cool. Uh, and also maybe wish the first attack did damage, <laughs> then you could be doing more damage. But maybe that's why. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I'm almost. I guess that's a way to balance the card out a little bit. But um, for sure. Yeah cool nonetheless and then uh fairy for uh single fairy energy dream fear gx what a name um mm -hmm. shuffle one of your opponents benched pokemon and all cards attached to it into their deck how rude is that man you know we started with finny and then i'm just i feel like i've seen this gx attack now more time than um i'm not <laughs> one thing i'm not looking forward to is the constant fear of something shuffling all my hard work into my deck <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, that that's why I still think Sylveon GX is so good. That that GX attack is absolutely r ridiculous, in my opinion. But <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Just anything that's going to be disrupting, like, energy on the board is going to be really good. Like, Mimikyu is going to, like, you're not necessarily shuffling in just to get the uh, Pokemon at, out of the way. You're shuffling in to get all the energy back in the deck, and they're just not using it. That way you're removing threats that way. But... Well, it clunks up the deck a little bit more as well. I mean, you, you work oh, hard to... Yeah. Uh, get cards out of there to pull draws easier and things like that. And then you do this and it, it clunks it up a bit as well. But uh, yeah, Mimikyu GX HP 170. That's my only other real issue with the card. I think um, like Tapu Koko GX, that's the main struggle for it's the HP. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. The one, the one thing I definitely wish that they would have done, and I'm kind of mad they didn't, is that Mimikyu has this great ability in the video games for it as disguise. So it's like a focus stash, essentially. And I was like, man, slow HP cost. They could totally just do something like that. That would be cool. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, maybe if it's if it's going to get knocked out, it reduces to 10 or something. But I was like, oh, man, I really hope I see disguise on a Mimikyu. That's all yeah, I that would say. That would have been really, really cool. I just think Mimikyu is a cool Pokemon in general, though. So oh, absolutely. Glad to see it's getting a GX card here. Um, all right, next card and final card that they announced was uh, Gardevoir. HP uh, 130 to stage two evolves from Curlia. And keep in mind, folks, this is not a GX card. This is just a straight up just Gardevoir. Um, for the first attack for Fairy, Brilliant Search. Search your deck for up to three cards and put them in your hand and then shuffle your deck. What's your thoughts? I'm kind of like, uh, I'm a little upset they put this on Gardevoir because, like, I'm thinking about what you'd play this with. Obviously, you'd be playing a Gardevoir deck, but. You know, if you're, let's just say I'm playing Gardevoir with Sylveon. There, Sylveon already has the same attack on an evolving basic, on like all stage one that evolves turn one. So it's like, oh, we already have this attack on a, on a, on a, on a relevant partner. So it's kind of like a useless attack and then sending kind of away. Right, right. But, you know, it's not a bad attack though, especially with cards like N rotating, you're less likely to lose the cards you gain. But, ah, man, on a stage two, I feel like I would rather be swinging with, like, a Gardevoir GX at that point. Well, yeah, and I think that's what bugs me about the card as well. Yeah, stage two, I mean, you're you're wanting to get that Gardevoir GX up because obviously the attack's pretty darn good. And to waste a rare candy or time getting this Gardevoir just doesn't seem like it's it's worth it. Well, let's, let's mention the second attack, though. For a fairy and double colorless sensitive ray, 70 plus damage. Now, this attack seems familiar because it says if you played a supporter card from your hand during this turn, this attack does 90 more damage. Yeah, definitely echoing the uh, sensitive blade. So you have sensitive ray now. I'm a little iffy on this card, too. I do like the problem with Gallade has always been its damage output was really weird because it hit 130, which is surprisingly relevant right now. But in the past, you choice banded, you hit 160, not quite enough to take knockouts. Now that's not including like if you played like any other modifiers on it. But uh, with this, you, you do cap out at 190, which is a very nice uh, hit point range, but for fairy double colorless, which makes me less enthusiastic about it because of its, one, it has low HP. So you have to assume with low HP, you're gonna probably do more damage. But again, I would rather just be swinging with a Gardevoir GX and doing roughly the same amount of damage depending on like my target. The only thing I can see here is, I know myself, I like to play a lot of just one price attacker decks. So I, I could see, I guess, a build like that, right? Where you're, where you're just mm -hmm. playing just these Gardevoirs and not even worrying about the Gardevoir GX. And that 130 HP is annoying. 
Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of with you, though. I think it's a little underwhelming, but at the same time, if you're just focusing on this card, 190 with a choice band right now is pretty darn good. So I, I think, too, and maybe this will be more relevant. Again, only time will tell. It's like we're starting like decks like the quad hoopa decks have seen a lot of play and i think those archetypes are actually still very good uh in the next in the next format so this also gives the gardevoir decks an option to attack with a non on exgx i guess just gx and cinnamon rather uh, attacker so for those options too it gives you a another another uh non-gx attack that's going to very uh be very effective against those uh quad hoopa decks yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And again, I just like Gardevoir in general. So um, I'll definitely test this out. I mean, it seems cool, but yeah, a little underwhelming. And uh, speaking of rotation and, and the next standard and all that stuff, we do have one more segment left here on the show. We'll discuss that in uh, not in not super long, but we will start on that and then move it into the uh, next episode of the show. But uh, anyhow, these three cards, I'm excited, Andrew. Fairy Rise. That's right. It's going to be our time to shine. <laughs> All right. We'll have our next segment coming up here on the Draw 7 TV podcast after this. Thanks for listening to the Draw 7 TV podcast. Make sure to check out our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash draw 7 TV live. That's twitch.tv slash draw 7 TV live. Welcome back to the Draw 7 TV podcast. Matt Horst here alongside Andrew Martin and, uh, here we go, last segment of episode number two, and it's all about the upcoming standard format, or at least the cards we're losing. And man, oh man, Andrew, we are losing a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, you start you start to appreciate cards more when you think about, wow, we're never going to have Floatstone again, or wow, we're never going to play Pulse of the Time again, for real. Yeah, actually, that one, yeah, just in general, you're... <laughs> No, Floatstone is, and I've said this for a long, long time, Floatstone is one of my favorite cards in the game. I just absolutely love the card. I think it's super good, especially with Guzman and things like that now. That's going away. What am I going to do? Because I don't think a skateboard's very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, I have a hard time seeing a skate rope being, a, or a skate uh, board, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Well, I guess we could uh, play uh, escape ropes, I mean. Yeah, you might have to. Well, the problem with a skateboard is that it only has a select amount of targets it's useful with, so... yeah. You might start seeing. I honestly think with retreat options, a lot of these are like two retreat costs, so you might just have to retreat off the energy and pay the, pay the cost or play four Guzas and hopefully switch out that way. But I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know either. I, I, I yeah, I have no clue what's going to happen here, right? I mean, there's really nothing else that I can think of that seems to work uh, as a retreat other than just hard attaching and retreating i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be weird you know it's gonna change the things up and it's gonna make the guzman place a little bit different as well you know so um, oh yeah absolutely because then you have to work around the uh the energy cost too because there's no free free retreater you can just attach to well <laughs> floatstone too like oh, okay i'm gonna floatstone this auxiliary and then guzma freely well, I think in a lot of ways, uh, it, that one card, losing that one card, could slow the game down a bit as well. I mean, I think that that'll have a big impact on how quick we play, just because, I mean, there's a lot of uh, different things going on there that uh, really make the game pretty quick when you sit down and think about it. So, Yeah, I, I totally agree. Could be interesting. So, Buzzwall losing a pretty big card in the deck, and that card is Max Elixir. This card is so good. Like, I absolutely love this card. I, I I first played it really in Rainbow Road, and I loved it in Rainbow Road, and then moving to Buzzwall, and I was like, okay, this card's, like, crazy good. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's it's going bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings on the cards. I mean, I went I went 6-2-1 at St. Louis with Buzzwall and hit a lot of Max Elixir, and then I think I probably went, like, Three like three six or whatever at Toronto, and <laughs> I didn't hit any max elixir. Well, you so. should have played the uh, thirty uh, energy buzzwall build. What's wrong? <laughs> I might have needed it after that day. <laughs> so the card definitely has like it has its value, and I think it, it definitely has the the best part about it is also the worst part about it, where it can just completely uh, set up your board, like accelerate your board faster than your opponent. But at the same point, it also will put you at a disadvantage if like. You know, you can't get any of them to hit. So, Quite full. 
like a lot of times, you know, players rely on max elixir so much, and then when it doesn't hit, it's it's almost just so devastating. You know, it's like, that's well, the, this sucks. Yeah, that's that's what sometimes I touch on too. Like so, like basically, it it it's going to change a lot of deck archetypes that hinge on getting that extra like ten percent ahead. Right. Yeah, I, it, I don't know. It's going to be interesting seeing it gone. I don't think I'm necessarily going to miss it, but uh, it will be weird. I mean, we do have Beast Ring now, so. We do, but man, Buzzwall is like, yeah, there's so much that deck's losing. Like, we're also losing Strong Energy, which I think is a huge uh, debuff to fighting. Yo, yeah, and, and Octillery. Like, not having, yeah, not, <laughs> not being able to take off the uh, minus, like, the, the plus 20 is... Has made so many like plays relevant. Like Buzzwall to be able to one shot any seventy HP knack or now has to find the one copy of Beast Energy they play with, with Diancy. Yeah, that's insane, man. Yeah, it's really crazy to think about that and, and Octillery going away. I remember a time when Octillery wasn't even like it wasn't even being considered for decks, and then there for a while in standard for the last I don't know six to eight months, I guess you could say, um, was just really it was just such a staple in a lot of decks and Rengaru is seeing a little bit of play and things but uh, Octillery I think will be a big loss as well yeah it's kind of crazy to think about it because I, I mean thinking about the uh, the 2017 format it was like yeah. a lot of big basics so you play a lot of Shaman and you never really evolving was really bad it's just super slow but then as the format progressed to this season it was very much a okay we're going to start evolving uh so we can we can deal with that. We can deal with slower cards like Octillery, and it's crazy to think that now with Octillery gone, we have to find another option. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of Orangaroo. I don't think it's awful by any means. I think it works in certain decks, but uh, definitely not what Octillery does. That's for sure. Yeah, um, especially like, I mean, it's kind of weird now to think that we're losing N with it. So it's like you play Octillery so you don't lose the late game N, but now you don't have late game N to worry about. So. Maybe it bounces out. Yeah, that's one thing I really wanted to talk about here toward the end of the segment, and we can go ahead and jump into that now, is, is Sycamore and N. I think that it, it, this is going to change the game drastically, right? I mean, N's such a staple card. It's it's really more of a disruption card than anything lately, it seems. And then Sycamore, getting rid of your hand and drawing seven new cards is just such a huge advantage for you if you have that in hand. And this is something that we just don't see right now or for the next standard, right? I mean, I've had conversation after conversation about, okay, what's going to be the next draw supporter here that really is going to make an impact like Sycamore or Juniper? And I don't think there is one, but first, yeah, let's let's talk about N. It's crazy. N. It's been around forever. It's going away. Yeah, and it's crazy to think about it, too, because that card has been in the format since, uh, like, was it Noble Victories? Like or That sounds right, yeah. I know the full art's in that set, so I'm going to go with that. I mean, relevant for at least five years, and that's a long time to be in the format, especially like considering that there was a brief time that you didn't have it. But like, aside from that, that that card has definitely won many games. And the thing that like I'm, it's bittersweet for me because like I am welcoming a new change. That okay, gameplay is going to be different now because it's actually going to more so hinge on who is like getting like who's setting up the board faster it's going to be more board state related but the thing i worry the most about the next format is that i like games might be decided pretty early on in the game because late game end actually would it could obviously swing you back into the game sure. after being at a, like a four five card a prize deficit like you can end them to low and um you know you you just hand advantage completely turns the tables but at this point like if i'm if i'm up four prizes and my opponent is down maybe they have, they have like five prizes left like it's kind of set in stone at that point that i might just be able to win because there's no like judge would not i don't think judge would cut it enough besides just getting n out of their hand or getting a guzma out of their hand or something yeah and i know a lot of people are hyping judge right now and really thinking that that's going to be the replacer but i really don't think it is i i i don't hate judge by any means but it can also very disrupt yourself you know i don't know i'm just not a huge judge fan and i don't think it's going to be the end replacer i think the game's just going to change dramatically with that mechanic gone yeah i, I completely agree it's definitely going to change the way players approach also each turn because you also are preparing for n as you are playing like i need to get these bridges out of what well, bridges will be rotated but x right. card out of my deck so that i don't draw into it i need to make sure i have a board established well enough so when i'm end to low i can win 
like those kind of things are something like you always have to think about but now uh you necessarily aren't going to be punished for being super aggressive it's kind of more of a um just set you need to set up and, right you know who but i don't know we'll see what it, I, I i think it'll be fine i just interested to see how it changes the gameplay Oh, yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt the game at all. I mean, honestly, it actually could make the game different. You know, it could make it more fun. I mean, it could add different di- different elements to it. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm open to the change. I'm very excited about it, personally. Um, but uh, but now, Sycamore, I don't know how I feel about Sycamore going away. I, I think, to me, this is a bigger jolt to my decks than N is. And I, uh, I just don't know how I'm going to handle it. <laughs> the thing, um, yeah, and I totally agree. And people keep saying, well, we're getting... You know, Liza and Tate, we're getting Cynth- we have Cynthia, but the, and I always have to make this distinction because it's like, I hate, like, N, the thing with N is that you shuffle draw, and that's a big deal. But Sycamore actually discards cards. So instead of draw, shuffle like Cynthia, shuffle draw six, you're still, like, every card in your hand is still plus, so you're only minus one the card, and that's Cynthia. But with Sycamore, you can be minusing, well, as many cards as you have in your hand, right, but that right. also deck thins enormously. So, Sycamore hands down the most aggressive draw card we have we have and it's crazy to think that that card's gonna be rotating but we've seen many formats without this we I think the old diamond and pearl format didn't quite have uh, a, uh, a a huge draw card like that so and that card that format actually chained up pretty well so you we might have seen a little bit more slower play which could lead to better evolution decks coming through which I think out of the evolution formats are my favorite so if this could slow down the game enough to uh, really let those kind of Pokemon shine, I would be in favor of it, but we'll just have to see. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I want to see these Stage 2 decks um, take more of a prominent role in the game. I want to see more strategies happen. I want to see um, uh, not these big GX, big basic things happening. I want to see cool, different strategies working. And I think, uh, yeah, Sycamore will slow the game down completely. Because, I mean, honestly, I mean, obviously I like Lily, but only for turn one, right? Because to me, especially in that format, how many times are going to be down to like one or two cards in my hand and then draw up? You know, it's just, it doesn't seem as good. And um, I really, I'm kind of pushing towards Sophocles right now because it seems like Sophocles is a really good option. Yeah, I feel like... I feel like uh, there's gonna be there's, there's there's definitely a variety of supporters. I'm curious to see if, if different decks might use different types of supporters right. just to uh, maybe they have a strategy that works well with it. Like maybe you play Sophocles to like discard Water Energy to Aqua Patch. Like I don't know, but you know and, instead of seeing like the stock okay four and four Sycamore or four or four Sycamore two Cynthia two N like that's pretty standard. But now there's like you know Cynthia's hands down a four of. I think that's that's oh for sure. But then, like, it's this really ambiguous, like, well, it could go a lot of different ways. And I think that's what I'd be interested to see. Um, the thing, too, I, the, the, it's kind of funny. I think the best card now that it discards and then draws is now Zorark. So I think Zorark is, like, the only deck I can see being, like, ah, it's fine. You're right, right, right. But it's funny you mentioned it, too. The thing that I was, I would also be like, most concerned with is, like, the big basic decks definitely abuse uh, Sycamore. Yo, they, yeah, <laughs> like Buzzwall itself. If they play, they can get away playing four Sycamore because, I mean, they play so many of the same card that like they're not discarding valuable like stage uh, one lines or you know their mm-hmm. their rare candies or whatever it might be. They're it's like okay, I have this extra energy in my hand. I kept super right. I'll find it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I I can see cards actually mattering more in your hand and I know that sounds weird but like cards like um you'll want to play more cards like order pad I know is a flip but it's not a supporter card right it's an item card so it's a card that you can play that turn to get something else so I can see like a lot of uh, a lot more item cards being played which could open up garbador all over again uh but uh, I digress on that but I could see item cards being more of a thing you know right and 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 actually being able to play all the cards in your hand i think that's going to be a big thing for this next standard as well and i think too it'll it also makes you have to consider what cards you have in your deck because like if you're if you're hinging on okay well i need to get rid of x cards um you don't have a quite there's not a consistent way to do that anymore right like you know we're we're up to like three bridges in one deck and zora can get away with it because he can trade it all away but other decks can't do that because there's no possible way you're going to discard that many cards away 
So, especially now that um, most of the discarding is going to be an Ultra Ball, Mysterious Treasure, maybe Sophocles, you know, you never know. It's like, but so you have to consider, okay, the cards in my deck, I need to not, I need to have a very like defined amount so I don't dead draw. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's going to be interesting. I'm very, very excited though, Andrew. I think uh, standard is going to be fun just in a different way. I mean, we're losing Greninja and Garbodor, so I don't oh, see shucks. how it won't be. <laughs> I'm actually okay with Garb. I just hated Greninja, so. But, you know. It's going to be crazy. One thing I definitely wanted to talk about before we close is sure. losing Garbotoxin is actually really going to lower the field blower counts we're starting to see. You know, I was having this conversation the other day after uh, Internats. You know, I, I said the one card that I really don't like, and I get why it's there, is field blower, right? I, I field blower bugs me because I want tool cards to mean something. I want them to have more of a role in the game, you know, and make more options available for the game. So maybe with Garbotoxin disappearing and the maybe only running one field blower, maybe I can finally play a card like bodybuilding dumbbells or something else mm -hmm. and actually mean something in a deck. Well, here's the thing too, and I think this will fix a lot of it, is that well we're losing puzzles, so Field Blower being a one-of is you have a one... If, like, I, I imagine Field Blower being a one-of. Like, you play three right now, but that's... Like, I play three in my Glista Putzorik deck, but that's just mostly because if I see Garb, I need to Field Blower uh, Garbotoxin. Right. But if I wasn't, I'd be playing one because, you know, I don't need to be playing a lot of uh, discard. However, like, uh, not having puzzles available to you means you're only getting one shot at that card. You're not yeah. being able to recycle. So it's less of a tech card, more just... You know, I mean, it's a tech card, but it's not a reusable one so yeah i totally agree like stuff like exp share could actually be more viable um well we're losing fighting fury belt but like choice bands etc like i think those cards have a little bit more lifespan on the field now that we're not having those constant discard effects being played yeah because yeah, it seems like a lot right now with field blower is i put a tool card out and that next turn it's gone because there are so many field blowers in decks right now and it's you know, to me, it's 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 annoying. I get why the card is there, and and I think it's a very good card, obviously, but it's really it's taken away from the game. And and I I'm a proponent. I really like like bodybuilding dumbbells, right? But it's it's really kind of silly for me to play that because I can't rely on that card specifically like I want to. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. I was gonna say, especially like, and such as the dumbbells has a very passive ability where unless you're breaching that to uh, that. Uh, plus 40 HP, you're not really getting any use out of it by the time right. that happens to the field blower. However, also with like the decrease in, like with Parallel City being gone too, there's even less of a reason to play field blower because, I mean, obviously that's less of a threat to worry about. I think Parallel City is going to be, uh, especially how much it's been played now, it's it's going to be a huge change to the format, not having that kind of uh, bench disruption uh, available. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think the one thing I'm excited most about Parallel City being gone, and I, again, I don't think that it ruins like Ultra Necrozma. I know a lot of people really believe that Parallel City ruins um, like Malamar decks right now, Ultra Necrozma, things like that. I just don't think it does. However, I will say with Parallel City being gone, I'm very excited because then I won't have to worry about having... Um, those cards on the bench, right? Like I can set two or three Malamars up and things like that and not worry about my opponent uh, making me remove those, I guess you could say, unless they use like a GX, like a Mimikyu, a GX attack or something like that, you know? Um, but uh, no, I, I think losing Parallel is huge. I'm excited about that. I like the card, but limiting the bench space is almost unfun, right? It almost takes away from the strategies of the game a little bit. It's super oppressive, man. Like just being able to... That's just a Zorak deck. Like that's how you slow them down. Like, okay, right. I'm gonna parallel you, and then end you to low, and then you're not gonna be able to draw a lot of it, and not hit me for enough damage to win. Like, man, it's it's rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I it is. It def but it's a weird thing that that's not a strategy anymore. You have to play. You have to play smarter. You have to consider uh, what your opponent's gonna be able to do next turn without you being able to necessarily control them. So I think that kind of gameplay really will make the format interesting to not have those guarantees we're used to i don't know i'm interested to see what happens yeah and that actually is interesting to think about as well and we don't want to go too long here on this segment but um is thinking about if field blowers go down in lower count we'll see maybe more stadiums being viable like a po town or um you know or whatever is currently out there which i don't want to run through all the cards but you know what i'm saying maybe it'll make stadium cards more potent out there as well yeah because we have different stadiums too like we have um 
we have yeah like we have to have Poe Town. We Brooklyn Hills still gonna be super so solid. Oh sure. And, uh, we're getting that Prism Star Stadium, which actually yeah. can't even be field lower. <laughs> it has to be stadium bumps. So maybe you'll start seeing stadium like being played just to you know counter other stadiums like counterplay. You know. Yeah, I, when I first started playing the game, I remember seeing the stadium cards and thinking this is super cool, like just in concept. And it sucks when you play a stadium card out and then it just immediately goes away. You know, um, to me, I'm the, I'm the type of person I think that a stadium card should be on the board at all times and and change the dynamic of that match. And um, so yeah, hopefully we'll see more stadium cards uh, come into play. Now, one thing I will say is the only instance I can see field lore actually still being played heavily is if Stride of Punishments picks up. I definitely yeah. think Zorak will be playing. Yeah. field lore but that that's about the only instance i could think of where field lore is going to be very relevant so we'll have to look at it and see what happens yeah for sure time will tell there are plenty of other cards leaving the format guys it is going to be sun and moon on uh starting after world so i'm very excited andrew i think it's going to change the game up dramatically and uh, we're going to see some new strategies and i'm i'm praying crossing my fingers it's going to slow down a bit as well uh yeah i absolutely think i i'm very very excited for this change <laughs> Me as well. All right, so on next week's show, we will talk about more about the cards coming out in the next set to open up the new standard. Celestial Storm is coming. We actually have our pre-release at League uh, this coming weekend and then the weekend after that. So pre-releases are taking place right now, and uh, we'll be talking about um, all of those cards as uh, we move forward next week. I'm very excited about some of those. I know you've been testing out some decks, Andrew, and uh, we don't have to get into that, but uh, initial thoughts on any of those? Um, so there's actually like some interesting, like under the radar cards. I think Shrine of Punishments is going to be very cool. Cross the GX, when someone figures out a good list for that, I yeah. think that card's going to be insane. Outside of that, uh, like Macargo is going to be very good. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I'd say Shrine of Punishments, Macargo, Cross the GX, top three cards I'm excited for. Yeah, definitely. And we'll talk more about that on next week's show. Thank you so much for listening into episode number two of the Draw 7 TV podcast. It feels great to be back. Uh, I'll be working on getting us on iTunes and the Google Play Store and all of that. Until then, make sure and check out the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Draw 7 TV. And uh, Andrew, thanks for stopping back in. Well, yeah, it's great to be back and I'm looking forward to doing another one. Definitely. And also on next week's show, we'll talk about more competitive play. I know uh, Andrew's been getting more into that. We have a few other friends as well diving into that, and we'll hopefully talk to some of them coming up on the show as well. And I really want to get more out of my anxious rut that I'm in and maybe playing some tournaments next season and then get some CP. I don't know, even if it's just 20. Who knows? But it'll be fun. So we'll talk about that. What's that? I said, you got this. <laughs> oh, uh, I hope so. I hope so, because you guys are getting me pumped for it. So, uh, But we'll talk about that on next week's show as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, have a great rest of your day, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever, wherever you're listening to this. Just thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here on the Draw 7 TV Podcast.